Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. I am your host, Jeff, a.k.a. Dr. Delicate Touch, and with me, as always, is your other host, Sergio, a.k.a. Hortense Atello. How's it going, Sergio? Fantastic. It's a... Uh... It's been, it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. I, I, yeah. got, I got my, my, my second shot this week. As so, did I. So, so I'm feeling rejuvenated, but at the same time, it's also sinus season. So, you know. Yeah, I was feeling a little groggy like the second day. Um, I was like, I just probably need some sleep. And, uh, you know, kind of like how you get one of those 24-hour bugs, you know, with the hot and cold chills slightly. So that was very slightly. And then the next day, I was like, hey. Let's do this. And now, folks, it's time to fa- take a look inside Sergio's box. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so so if, if you're new to the show, this is where we talk about the stuff, the, the dumb stuff that I bought, because I, I seem to get a new Ninja Turtles thing every single week at this point. This week, I actually got three things in my box. Uh, one of them uh, is the Rat King and Vernon two-pack. Uh, I ended up finding it secondhand on Amazon for a decent price, for a decent price. And after I ordered it, I realized it was coming from France. What? Yeah, France. Mon Dieu. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, it had a long Wii to go, and it took a while to get here, but it got here in great shape, perfect figures, like no complaints for the seller, except for the fact that they're French. That's... Dude, that is so messed up. Like, it's, it's is it though? They got me what I wanted. True, it's not like they were hiding that it was from France. I just didn't look. Yeah, but like, is it legit the exact same thing? Yeah, yeah. It, is any of the lettering in French? No, no. Man, that's funky. <laughs> it's like, how did these things get in France? <laughs> they maybe they smuggled them in their pants. <laughs> Um, so the moral of the story is, kids, always look where you're, you know, where stuff is being sent from. Or, or learn to t- trust the Frenchman. Yeah. You know? You could you know. do that. You could do that. Uh, the next thing I got uh, was an exclusive puzzle from Zavi. Have you ever heard of this company, Zavi? I think so. Uh, I had not heard of them. Are they overseas too? They might have been. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all I know is that I, a, a Facebook ad scrolled across my screen and it said "puzzle exclusive" and "Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles," and I was like, "Oh snap!" And I jumped on it immediately, uh, pre-ordering it months ago. Uh, I had completely forgot that I ordered it. That that's how I, like I must have ordered it in like a fever dream or something. Uh, but it came in. It looks great. It's black and white. Like there's no color to it. Uh huh. Uh, but the art's cool. The it, it, it's a thousand pieces, so if I choose to open it, it's gonna take a while to build. So that's good, especially it being black and white. It's gonna take a while to build. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have heard of uh, Zavi. Um, I ordered some uh, import Blu-rays from them. Yeah, like I had, I didn't even shop their website until after it came in. Uh, yeah. l- looks like they sell a whole bunch of stuff, like not not necessarily secondhand, but like they had some of the the target two packs here that they were, yeah. that they had gotten and are reselling for a higher amount. So I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know what all that means. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what kind of, 
company they are or whatever, but uh, this one arrived at like FedEx and the box had been repackaged because it had been so damaged. Oh. Uh, I opened it and the puzzle was completely un, un uh, untouched. It was bizarre. Yeah. But you can get yeah. it right now. It's available for 15 bucks, so it's, it's not an expensive purchase. Uh, and it's just cool. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, if you, you to see a picture of it, you can uh, visit our Instagram. Uh, I, I posted a picture of that. Uh, just to say, hey, this is out there. Uh, the yeah. last thing that I got this week is probably the dumbest of the three. I'm just going to say it. it is the absolute dumbest of the three. So every time I've been in Walmart the past six months or whatever, I, you know, of course, they have the the display of the the arcade one up machine that is turned off now because of covid. But sitting around it is the stools that go with it. Oh no. Yeah. Arcade one up branded teenage mutant Ninja turtle stools that, uh, they're trying to sell to people for like $80, I think is the retail price on them. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and like I picked it up I'm like, Oh, this would be cool to go with my arcade cabinet. Right. Saw the price and said, Nope, buddy, that's not happening. Well, it happened. Was it on sale? It was on sale. I think I got it for 27 bucks, 20, 20, 21 bucks. Something That's like that. a much better price. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, it was 27. I got free shipping on it. It was, it was, it was a good deal and it's a real stupid purchase, but it's now sitting in front of my arcade cabinet, you know, filling out the feng shui of the room. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's what's in Sergio's box this week. All right. And there's stuff Sadly. on the way. Like I've already made purchases for next episode. So yeah. Oh, Woo-hoo. good. Sadly, I have no turtle stuff on the way, um, hopefully in the future. Cool, 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 cool. And now it's time for the news. Ooh, we have quite a, a slate of news this week. Indeed, we do. Uh, both news and non-news, uh, since since the, since I have deemed non-news a thing. Okay. Uh Let's start with the actual news, probably the big the big one of them all. Uh, Judith Judith Hogue, of course, took over Turtle Tuesdays on NECA's uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all their socials uh, with the, the 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 final episode being the huge reveal of her 1990 movie action figure. And it looks just like her. Yeah. Look at that. Except for her knees. For some reason, her knees look like they've been broken in four places. But her face and her outfit look exactly like exactly what they need to look like. Yeah. Uh, did you did you see the exclusive or did you see the like the signature edition that was released? Yeah. Yeah. It comes with the um, her, her raincoat. Yes. And a like a like a like a press badge like a oh, press yeah. like What's laminate that? badge thing that oh, is yeah. going to be uh hand signed what yeah by oh. judith hogue herself oh and say that's why they went so fast yeah they uh there were two thousand available and they sold out in like five minutes five uh, ten minutes something like that I, I i stumbled upon the post like 15 minutes after it was posted and it was already gone by then oh. um now the good news is is that's just the signature edition of the uh, of the of the figure. Uh, the regular April O'Neil action figure is currently available for pre-order on the NECA store. So we've been waiting on this figure for quite a quite a long time, 
Uh, it does come with the sigh, like you uh, predicted, so congratulations. I, I, thank you. I called it. And if you need a raincoat, apparently there's a Coraline figure that has a raincoat that will fit perfectly. You just need to buy that hey for now. like 15 bucks. I bet you they just repurposed the Coraline raincoat. It's it's very possible. I don't know. We got um, two thousand of these laying, you know, just laying around. <laughs> oh, let's give them to April. Do they fit April? Yeah. Sweet. Um, you realize she wasn't wearing a raincoat in that scene. I don't think the fans care. They just want a raincoat, right? Yeah. Uh, so I guess go by that. They also have announced that it will be available in Walmart stores later this year. Yeah. Uh. So good news, bad news. I don't know. I I don't like that it was such a limited run. I don't either. 2000 is not a lot. It's really not. Uh, and did we announce? Th- no, we didn't announce the uh, the local Turtles news, did we? No. No, we didn't. So so we're listeners might know that we are based out of Mississippi. And coming to the Mississippi Comic Con this year is both Judith Hogue uh, and Kino. What's his name? Ernie Reyes Jr. Ernie Reyes, Reyes Jr. Uh, are going to be at the Mississippi Comic Con. I was. It, it would be fantastic if these April O'Neil figures shipped before then and were oh, and you know was in my hand so I could be like, hey, Miss Hogue, here, sign this. But yeah. that there's no way in the world that's going to happen. No. I'm still waiting on pre-orders that I, you know, put through like last October, I think. Yeah, these don't go out till roughly around August. I was thinking 2027, but yeah, August sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our second piece of news is also NECA related. Uh, every week this this month, the past three weeks this month, they have done pre-orders. We already talked about how uh, Mutagen Man and uh, uh, our boy Ace Duck. Yep. And there was there was one other one that was a, a surprise. What was it? I'm on the page right now, and the the Krang, the ultimate Krang android body cartoon is back up for pre-order. That is correct. It is it is up for pre-order right now. Oh, it was the the pizza monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so the, the like the big three, of course, we got pizza monster, and then last last week we got. Uh, Ace Duck and, and and so forth. This week's pre-order is Anthrax and Scumbug. Really did not see that coming. Like I th- I I was pretty sure Scumbug was in in the tank. I'm like I think I'd seen some some like prototype stuff with him. But Anthrax, what was the message I sent you when they announced it? It was like what um yeah, it was simply what what's Anthrax? Like who is Anthrax? Yeah. You know, and uh, if anybody on the planet should know who Antrax is, I think it, I might be the person who should know. Yeah. Uh, but after further research, apparently it's a character from like season seven of the original show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just between you and me, I guess. I, I haven't watched season seven more than maybe once. Yeah. And that was a, over a decade ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I was halfway watching it while going to sleep. So. I don't really feel bad for not knowing who this is, but yeah. that's a cool looking character. It really is. Also, too, to be noted, uh, the uh, General Trag and Graniter 2 pack is also back up for pre order on NECA's website right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, right now, I have about, if you count the loot crate stuff, I have about 12 or 13 figures pre ordered through NECA directly from them. Yeah, I, I, you, well, you know, I just went with the one, uh, the, the, uh, the dark turtle, just because I'm like, hey, that one's really cool. That's true. That's true. Moving on. 
uh, our next piece of news. I'll let you take this one. Oh, good. Uh, it's more action figure news. Uh, Super 7 has been very busy. <laughs> Posting little teases here and there. I'm like, okay. What? I was like, what's, what's going on? So Wave 5 of their 87... What are we calling them? Like, not realistic, but like... Hyper Playmates? Hyper Playmates, modern take on the the 87 toy line. Uh, We've got Sewer Samurai Leonardo, which just looks awesome. Uh, We've got Krang in his bubble walker Mm -hmm. with a lot of accessories. We've got Leatherhead. And last but certainly not least, our boy Ray Filet. Yep. Do we know if his uh, shirt changes color? Ooh, that would be dope. Because I, f- I feel like if it doesn't, they really have dropped the ball. Oh, I'm going to ask him. They won't answer this episode, but I mean, like, hey, does that change <laughs> color? I got to know. Yeah, because yeah. that was kind of a, a hallmark to, of, the, of the original figure. Oh, that would be so cool. Uh, I don't know, man. I I respect the work that Super 7 is doing. I really do, because these do look fantastic. But they're just too close to the originals, man. Like, yeah. I feel like if I squint, if I squint, they just look like old Playmates figures. Yeah. And I guess there's value to that. But at, how much are these things? Like 50 bucks a figure? Uh, about 30, uh, 30, about 30, 30 something. 30, 30 to 40. Like maybe I, I would probably feel better just dropping an extra twenty and finding the original if you know, if I can find one for fifty. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's just me. As I said, there's a lot of people who really like these, and I'm really glad that they do. Um, it, it's just not for me. Speaking yeah. of Super Seven stuff, that's not for me. I was at Target yesterday, and they had all four of the very first of, of the of the uh, the reaction Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And I came dangerously close to walking out of the store with those things. Of course, Oof. I would buy them, of course. But I had, to, I had to stop myself. They were in hand. Yeah. I just can't justify spending 20 bucks on those things. They were 20 bucks a piece? Like seventeen ninety nine. So with tax, about 20 bucks. Man, I'd at least yeah. get Mikey. Yeah, they're tiny. They're so tiny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Super 7. Still churning those things out. Yeah, and uh, I'm on their site now, and they are, they did go up. Uh, they're about 55 each. Um, if you want all four of Wave Five, you're looking at about 220. 220. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I good, for, good for you guys. Good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more, the tiny little piece of news. Ooh. And it's, it's almost non-news because we don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to post a link for you to, to go and check it out because I have questions to ask you. Uh, it's Loot Crate. Loot Crate? Uh, Loot Crate has basically announced that this month uh, their Loot Crate will include a Ninja Turtles item. Another one? But they haven't really gone into detail as to what it's going to be, and it's not going to be the big item. Like, there's the impact big item that they include in each box, uh, and it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be in the next, like, four boxes as the big item. Uh, there's a cool Hypno-Toad thing from Futurama, but 
like if you scroll down on the page, you'll see that the Ninja Turtle thing is like a samurai looking thing. Hmm. I now, I know that in the original cartoon, we went over this, there was an episode where there was like stone warriors, right? Yeah. Have there been any other instances of like stone samurai warriors in the Ninja Turtle fiction? Uh, I mean, I don't want to say no, because that seems like something that would definitely happen. But you do see the graphic that I'm talking about, though, right? Oh, yeah, it looks pretty dope. It looks cool, but what is it? Like, is that on a shirt? Is that on a decal? Like, what? what, what is this thing? And yeah. why do we care about this samurai? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if any listeners know know what this might be referencing and why it's important, like, is, is this supposed to be the Shredder? Like a version of the Shredder? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit baffled as to what it is. And I don't know if I want to drop $25 just to be like, oh, it's a, it's a button. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, if uh, they showed us what it looked like, like they showed the Hypnotoad and Star-Lord. Yeah. Which looks like something that, you know, came off the top of, uh, you know, a Happy Meal. Uh, like a bottle of shampoo yeah yeah shampoo bottle that's even better yeah um they're just not giving them you know any indication as to what it is yeah who knows who knows this might be just something i buy a piecemeal off of a off of a ebay or i just might just laugh at it when i see what it is doesn't matter let's move on we spent too much time on that already yeah Uh, let's talk about the only piece of non-news that i have this uh this episode and that is the Netflix summer movie announcements. So they, they, they released a sizzle reel of like all the movies that are coming out over the next three or four months. Uh, and it's like, Oh, this movie's here. There's star power all over the place. And there's some animated stuff and here's some live action stuff and blah, 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 blah. Nowhere in that trailer was the rise of the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mm. which we had been previously been told it was coming out this summer. So what does this mean? Does this mean it's been pushed out of the summer window? Quite possible. Is it going to be a surprise drop in the middle of the summer? Does it mean that they don't actually care about this movie they paid for and they're just going to quietly release it whenever? I don't think so. Because it's the turtles. Like, you, that's supposed to be in your sizzle reel, right? Right. Like, am I crazy? No. Okay. All right. Like, I, the, as soon as I saw the, 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 as soon as I saw the lack of news, I immediately like tweeted all parties involved. I, I tweeted Netflix, Ninja Turtles, uh, Nickelodeon, and who else? Somebody else. Uh, Ant Ward. Yeah, I even yeah I, the, the 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 two creators. Uh, I I messaged and I was like, hey, does this mean it's delayed? Because I'm I'm trying to run a podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> And we're trying to watch all these episodes before the movie comes out. If I have an extra eight weeks to do that, that makes this a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, non-news. It's 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 a lack of news that uh, really makes me worried. It's not I'm not really worried. I have no doubt that movie's going to come out. Netflix has nothing to lose by putting it out. Yeah. They've already paid the they've already paid the bill for it. So, yeah, Uh, that that's it. That does it for me. Do you have any other news? Uh, yeah. Um, there will be a glow-in-the-dark mutagen man figure coming from Super Seven. 
that's insane to me. It is. Like he looks equally insane too. J- just the just the fact that like Mutagen Man was in like what one episode of the original cartoon. Yeah. And a company in 2021 is confident enough to release a $55 fig of Mutagen Man. Yeah. Also to be noted, it is an Entertainment Earth exclusive, and it's not due to drop until January of 2022. Cool. That's my birthday, January. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, me, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just so weird to me. It's so weird that... The nostalgia is so is so thick when it comes to the original Ninja Turtles figure line because if I were to pitch this in a pitch meeting, I feel like I would be risking my job. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, whatever works, man. Yeah. And he does also come with the uh the guts inserts. He better. Yeah. Which is very cool. Again, I hope he holds water. I think so. I think so. He needs to hold water. Oh, yeah. He's got the pop top and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that does it for news. Let's uh, let's move headlong into our into our uh, main topic. How, How does that sound? Sounds good. Hey there. Do you like nerdy things like comic books and video games? Or how about pop culture stuff like movies, books, and TV shows? You answered yes to either one of those questions, we may have a podcast that's right up your alley. I'm Robert, a.k.a. The Bear. And I'm Brian, a.k.a. The Beard. Each week, The Bear and I sit down and have a nerdy conversation about a new nerdy topic. We record that conversation and then put it out in the form of The Bear and the Beard Podcast. And this is your invitation to listen. And not just that, but we also want you to join the conversation by talking nerdy to us. Check us out on YouTube and pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. We look forward to hearing from you very soon. Just type the Bear and the Beard podcast into your search bar. In the meantime, remember, stay awesome, stay bearded, and and much much love. Bye. Jeff, what's our main topic? We are diving back into Rise of the TMNT Season 1. That's right. We're going to close out season one today uh, with the final, I guess, what was it? Nine and a half ep- episodes? Yeah. 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 Or nine and a half. Or if you divide them up, it's, let's see, one, two, and then do the math. 14, 14, six, 16 and a half episodes? Yeah. It's it's it's, it's an odd show. Uh, we watched a lot. It, it turned out to be more than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but the 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 finale is quite an episode, isn't it? it uh, I would say Chef Kiss. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So ooh, before we get started, what are your thoughts overall? First season, first season overall. Out of like with, with the whole twenty six episodes, yes. It was a little rocky at the start. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of started, you know, I was like, okay, okay, I'm starting to feel this a bit more. Um, and it was, you know, it at first it was kind of tough for it to find its footing. But then, it, you know, as I say, as it progressed, it got, you know, better and better. And a lot of just crazy fun along the way. But as a 
whole. I, I, I can't think of an episode where I did not at least have a smile on my face at one point or another, almost the whole episode. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you say that it started off a little rocky. I feel like they did a, they did the show a disservice by burying the lead. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of reveals in the first season that are kind of crucial to the, the nature of the TV show. Yeah. And the first like 10 episodes, it's just them, you know, f- just fooling around in New York. No big deal. This, the, you know, this show's not important. And then suddenly it is, and it's great. And, everyone who tuned in for the premiere was like, this kind of sucks and stopped watching it because it just that, didn't seem like a serious show. That's exactly how I, I feel that that has kind of divided the fandom. There, there are fans that absolutely adore this series. And for some people, this is their first Ninja Turtles show. Yeah. Like when you really, really get at you, you get at the meat of it. There's some really just charming and heartwarming and just hilarious freaking moments in this show that you won't see in any other iteration. And some action that is just bonkers. Yeah, man. They they ratcheted up the, the action at the very end of the season. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's jump into the first one that we uh, that we watched. Uh, last uh, last time there was kind of a snafu where we watched one. I watched the wrong episode and then we couldn't really cover it. So we're going to start with episode 17B. Okay, 17B. This uh, this episode's or this half episode is called Warren and Hypno sitting in a tree. Uh, and I'm just going to go over the. I I I feel like every time we do episodes and comics and stuff we get bogged down in talking about the actual plot i'm not going to do that at all today what i'm going to do is read the synopsis from wikipedia and then we'll talk about the episode because the synopsis on wikipedia are nice and short they get to the point and they help us remember what episode we watched how does that sound yeah okay so baron draxum huggin Oh, Hugin and Moonin, his uh, his little gargoyles, uh, want the gauntlet that Warnstone has since it's part of the uh, legendary armor. He's not going to give it up without a fight and a side of betrayal. Uh, as the turtles get involved with Warren's roommate, Hypnopotamus, being threatened, April remembers who Warnstone is as she is part of a fan club dedicated to him called the Stoneheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's that is the synopsis that's on a uh, Wikipedia. And I really like the idea of April being a fan of Warren Stone. Yeah, because I am a huge I am a Stonehead. Oh, yeah. If, if, if you didn't know, I love Warren Stone a lot. He's a really fun, just goofy character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leo was really good on this episode when he was pointing out the betrayals. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, betrayal! Double betrayal! <laughs> oh my god, a triple betrayal! <laughs> you almost sound like him a little bit. Right? Yeah. yeah. yeah like he, it, he was just really fun in this episode. Uh, and also, one thing that this show just does really well overall is callbacks and re, re-gifting of a joke. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was when uh, when the turtles are trying to remove the the gauntlet from Warren Stone's hand, uh, they say it's time to do some light removing of one thing from another thing. <laughs> <laughs> which which by itself is not that funny, but given the context, it's really funny. Mm. Not two minutes later in the episode when. Baron Draxum is trying to remove it. Someone else says, and it might even be his gargoyles that say, it's time to do some light removing of one thing from another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just real stupid. And and that's it's a, it's a lot of stuff like that in in this episode and and in the series. What do you think of uh Warren and Hypno sitting in a tray? This was a really fun one just cuz John Michael Higgins is one of my favorite actors. And he has such a commanding presence with his voice that he could be that announcer. He legit could be a real newscaster. Yeah. And you just, you believe it. And, you know, of course he had done voice work on uh, Harvey Birdman and Terrian Law as um, Mentok, the mind taker. So he's, he's kind of has some experience playing a, you know, bad guy. Um, but Warren Stone is definitely just over the top. Yeah, this was, uh, again, a, f- a really fun episode. Uh, and it's it's good to see the season getting to a point. And th- the point that it's getting to is the armor. The you know, dark we, armor. We've got to get this. We've got we're collecting this dark armor. And throughout the season, it's really cool seeing the turtles just spectacularly fail at not letting him get the armor. Yeah, because this episode ends with him getting the gauntlet. Yet another piece of the dark armor. They're still um, very inexperienced, and that and that that shows yep. throughout. On to episode eighteen A, Operation Normal. It Leo is anything and but. <laughs> Leo and Donnie tried desperately to help April enjoy a quiet day with a new friend named Sunita. They learned that she is a slime yokai who uses a special amulet to turn into a human. Uh, they soon get targeted by the Foot Clan since the boots that Sunita's human form is wearing are part of the dark armor. Yet another episode where Baron Draxum wins and gets the dark armor pieces. How do you like Sunita? I like her a lot. She's very enthusiastic and just like, oh, this is cool. And like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, oh, what's that? You know, um, it's it's kind of a refreshing take. Um after seeing April just always hang out with the turtles, you know, and she, she just wants a normal day. And then of course comes to find out, Oh wait, you're not a human being. Ah, what the heck? Cause she really, cause she really likes her. Yeah. Yeah. She seems like, she seems cool. She's they, like, they seem to be on the same page. Um, they both kind of have that same energetic, just kind of bonkers personality. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, April a little more so. <laughs> they they write their youth very well on this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I like the I like the type of yokai that she is. It's weird. It's it's like Slimer maybe maybe almost. Is that a good way like to describe it? Or like Flubber. Flubber. That's a really good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Or 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 like a green jelly version of the T one thousand. Yeah, except she's not trying to kill you. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And um, what are my what are my notes on this say? Um, 
the, the oh the episode opening with the the turtles trying to prank Splinter by putting invisibility paint on his tail. Oh man, that's pretty inventive. But we didn't get to see that. We didn't get to see it, but just the idea is really inventive. Yeah, uh, uh, I'd like to see that. Uh, let's see. It was this was mainly a Donnie and Leo episode. I don't think I don't oh. think the other two were really in it that much at all. No, and that's. That's what I like to see. I like to see them pair, you know, pair them off. Um, it really plays up kind of like the charm of each personality. Yeah. Yeah. Leo and Donnie is a weird pair in this show because there's their personalities are so similar. Yeah. Like they're both very arrogant and confident and think that they can one up each other over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's putting them together is very, uh, volatile or I'm sorry, and, volatile yeah, and very comical. Yes. Because we get once again, turtles in disguise <laughs> <laughs> and so, so for, for the listeners, like I knew, I knew when Jeff started watching his episodes this week because he sent me a screenshot of Donnie and Leah wearing the old lady dresses. <laughs> he was like, this show, man. <laughs> I freaking lost it. I legit was not prepared. I didn't have a drink with me. But I laughed so stinking hard. Like, I'm pretty sure my neighbors heard me. Like, what's going on over there? Is that guy dying? I'm like, I'm dying from laughing. Oh, man. It just, it got, I needed that good laugh this week. Yeah, yeah. If that first episode didn't remind you how funny the show is, this one definitely did. Yeah. Uh, the character exploding Frankie, or uh, Zanita's dad, or Sunita's dad. I love cool. that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> uh, and every old. And we get to see Brothers Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. This was a cool one. This was a cool one. Uh, what Bro- you got? What else you got for Operation Normal? Bros Pizza Mike Lou. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to see the, um, what are we calling it? The, was it the Yokai, the Yokai Realm? Yep. Pizzeria? Mm-hmm. Uh, weird weird talking pizza toppings sort of like, yeah, this is fine. I'm eating talking leeches. This is fine. It was disgusting. Run of the mill pizza owned by our, uh, our favorite skeleton guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, Senor Hueso. Yes. Yes. In the booth that April and Leo and Don are sitting at, there's a painting of what looks to be like a rhinoceros enjoying some pizza. I was like, is that Rocksteady? Of course. Um, let's see. The um, <laughs> When April meets Sunita for the first time at school, the biology teacher just cracks me up. It's like, can we all just be adults about, you know, looking at this gross anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and then, of course... The highlight of the episode. <laughs> Old Lady Ninja Turtles. Yep. And Donatello has already has already crafted a persona for himself. His name is Hortense. 
<laughs> they almost look like um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Kind no, of yeah. with a little bit of a Golden Girls. Um, and of course, the moral of the episode is it's okay to be weird. Yes. Because yeah. April eventually accepts it, that this is just a part of her life now. She attracts the weird. Yep. Even though she's not that weird. Right. She attracts it. Yeah. And she like made a crazy. new friend in the process. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to sparring a partner. This is the one that I watched last time uh, instead of the one that I was supposed to watch. Oh, you skipped Spartan. like two yeah. episodes ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't don't ask me why. Uh, this was a fun episode. I I, I really really like this one. Uh, Raph becomes friends with a new sparring partner in the form of Frankenfoot, uh, and must keep it secret from his brothers who don't like that guy. When Frankenfoot is driven from the lair, uh, this gives the Foot Lieutenant and recruit the opportunity to take it into the Foot Clan. So back when they fought the 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 paper ninjas, uh, Raph just kind of reassembled this this paper ninja via Frankenstein duct tape and whatever, and he's been sparring with him secretly instead of sparring with his brothers and hiding him in the lair. I really like the paper ninja. I do too. I really like the Franken ninja or whatever it's called, the Franken paper or Franken Frank- foot. Yeah, Franken foot. Buddy! <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? This this was a really, really fun um, episode as well. Um, Rob Paulson is doing the voice of Frankenfoot. Um, of course, because why not? At the Foot Shack, uh, the, the, the head foot guy, which is also Rob Paulson, is watching... Uh, Lujitsu. Yep. Can't get any time to himself. Um, and of course, Zelda Williams returns as the foot recruit, who is just bonkers and over the top. Absolutely love her character. She does some really good voice acting on that character. And like, like I, I'm sure her throat hurts after some of those line reads. Oh my god, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I legit thought. It was another voice actress. Uh, this, um, I think her name is Pageant Brewster, who did Bird Girl on Harley Birdman Attorney at Law. Their voices sound so similar, so I was so sure it was her, but I was like, oh, wait, that's Zelda? That's great! But she's just such a crazy, over-the-top character um, that you just, you know, she, she wants the approval. But she's working hard for it. Like, Raphael trying to keep Frank a secret the whole time. You know, it's like, hey, 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 just go, just just get in the closet. And cuts his arm off. Oh, 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 here you go. Oops, um, and he pulls out the tape and starts duct taping it back yeah, on. <laughs> and here's some glue and, you know, and whatever. Um, and then they just, you know, the turtles keep saying, like, oh, yeah, it's, 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 there's one thing I hate. It's paper ninjas or uh, origami ninjas, you know. And I was like, I just hate those guys. If you see one, just tear them up. And Raphael's like, uh <laughs> It's like, no, it's okay. Um, and of course, something goes wrong, and he 
and and Frank thinks you know Raphael doesn't like him, so he leaves. Yeah. And they got to find him, and then of course the foot intervene. Like, what's going on? And so like this just great big awesome fight just kind of breaks out. Um. And and and, course, and, 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 and and like that's the point when the turtles or when the rest of the turtles realize, oh, uh, oh, oh, so we we have to defend this guy now. And yeah. And, and Leonardo has a really funny line. I don't remember exactly what it is, but he kind of just says it under his breath after after the revelation. He's like, so, yes, because apparently we're friends now. Great. Yeah. Yep. And they erase his foot from his face and, like, make it all green. Like, you're one of the, uh, what does he call them? Something dogs. I don't know. I can't remember. It's not the big dogs. Go dogs or whatever. Um, something that Raph keeps calling them. Um, I didn't write that down. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was this was a fun this was a fun kind of a uh, I don't say a diversion episode, but um, just just goofy, goofy fun. Yeah, yeah. And you learn about the power of friendship. Uh, let's move on to episode nineteen A. You got served. I'm just gonna go ahead and start by saying, oh my god. Oh, is th- this is was such a fun episode, man. Like it's so it, much fun. It's so bonkers. Uh, Senor Hueso has just remembered that an ogre gang called the Makers of Brutality and a reptilian gang called the Masters of Barbarianism. Uh, to he he booked them both the same reservations at his run of the mill pizzeria. While helping Senor Hueso, uh. At run-of-the-mill pizza, since his employees have fled uh, because there's rival gangs showing up, Leo and Mikey get sidetracked by brotherly competition. Uh, They must overcome this to keep the peace while trying not to wreck run-of-the-mill pizza. Uh, This might be the funniest episode of the season. I'm inclined to agree. Um, This one, I don't think the other two turtles are in it at all. Again, no. Focusing on two turtles is always, always a fun, a, a fun trip. Yeah. And the pairing uh, of Leo and Mike, it was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my only question, my only question is why, why are unicorns the currency that I, these, that the, the, that the gangsters, you know, use? I don't, I really don't have an answer. It, that's the only thing that was kind of weird to me. It's like a little too off the wall for me. Yeah. Uh, but of course they're tasked with, with uh, not letting the, you know, two rival gangs get mad at each other and providing them with fantastic service. And the two turtles keep getting rewarded from the rival gangs with piles and piles of basically baby pink unicorns. Yeah. And it turns into a competition between the two to see who can get the most unicorns. It's like a like a version of uh, Top Chef, but on like all of the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the, no. the mon- it, well in red and Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the montage of them a waiter like waiting the tables is a chef kiss, just just wonderful. It's like the art just changes in just so drastically for different to different styles and it it's very it's very anime-esque in its um 
in its presentation. I just I love the ability for them to switch between different art styles, which is another thing that makes this show so unique. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like that switch, like the switching from back and forth, really helps the the tone of the humor. It helps the 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 ferocity of the action sequences like it's it's just so well crafted yeah 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 it's this this episode's hilarious and at the end when uh, they're like hey we did it and we didn't we, we we didn't destroy the restaurant and then the unicorns end up eating half the restaurant yeah <laughs> it's like i gotta lose their number fantastic just fantastic yeah uh but yet another episode that doesn't have much to do with the overall story it's yeah. just kind of a you know a, a side side addendum. What else you got? Yeah, the opening shots of the city were breathtaking. Yes. Like, again, I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep gushing about the art design and, and just art the art direction and the design of the show. Just every time we get to see the city, these beautiful bright, but you know, dark when they need to be colors mixed with neon. It <sighs> chef kiss. So that's all I'm gonna say. Just I just I absolutely love the designs of the show. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a very unique color palette. Yeah. Um, like even even like my 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 daughter was watching. She she wasn't watching the show because I can't keep her attention for anything. Uh, she happened to walk through the living room while I was watching, and she was like, "Oh, that's pretty." And she she yeah. said out loud to some some scene. I can't remember what sequence it was, but she vocally said, "Oh, that's pretty." Yeah, which that's the the most feedback I can get from her on Ninja Turtle stuff, other than why is all this stuff in my way? That sounds about right. <laughs> you ready to move on to the next one? Yes, please. How to make enemies and bend people to your will? Yeah, how to make enemies and bend people to your will? Yeah. Uh, Baron Draxum struggles to move up the ladder in the Foot Clan while Foot Recruit was displeased that she hasn't gotten her mark yet. Upon finding a loophole where the Foot Clan member who can outdo an acting leader can assume th this position, Draxum leads the Foot Recruit into organizing a blunder for the Foot Lieutenant and the Foot Brute when the next uh, Dark Armor Fragment is at the Botanical Gardens. Meanwhile, the turtles hold a contest to see who can withstand the smell of the corpse flower at the same botanical gardens. I'd, okay, I might take that back. This one might be the funniest one. Yeah? Yeah, like episode 19, like 19A and 19B, top shelf Rise of the Ninja Turtles episodes. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, let's see, my notes on this one, my personal notes are... Uh, the the foot initiation is a kick to the face. <laughs> yeah, like that's fantastic. That's perfect. Great. Uh, the entire idea that Baron Draxum, this po powerful like like uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, this this powerful Cthulhu-like Cthulhu being, Cthulhu-like being. Yeah. Is the bottom rung of the Foot Clan? Like when it comes to like rankings. Yeah, like him him being an underling is really funny to me. I I was I was laughing hysterically myself. Uh, and and finally, the groundskeepers are the stars of this episode. Oh my god, that was just insane! Like 
when 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 the alarm is set off in in the botanical gardens and the groundskeepers show up as if they're a superhero team and and the foot are like oh don't worry about it. what are they going to send the groundskeepers and then there's this avengers level like intro sequence where there's one of them in the background riding a riding a riding lawnmower just ramping it into frame yeah beautiful it was like absolutely a, berserk stunning intro for these one-time use garbage characters i loved it i loved it i loved it it was hilarious all wearing fanny packs or is it just the one guy i think it might just be the one guy i don't remember but they were, they all had had uh groundskeeper uniforms on because i just you know it just doesn't make sense why do you have guards at a botanical garden but sure why not because it's really funny jeff that's true Man, it's funny that's true I was I was laughing out loud. Yeah. You know, like like I, I usually don't laugh out loud when I'm watching something by myself. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable and weird. But I was just just chuckling out loud because the existence of those characters are insane, and the fact that the turtles were kind of the background characters for a while in this in this episode. They really were, and I was okay with that. Yeah. Because seeing Baron Draxum and the Foot Recruit. Going to get coffee for the foot was like one of my favorite moments. Yep. It's like, what are you doing? We have to wait in line. I was like, ah, forget that. <laughs> and he just causes all the chaos and like gets all the coffee. And she's like, I need to, I need to remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah. If you guys haven't been following along, or if you've forgotten, Baron Draxum is voiced by John Cena in this season. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I love it so much. I, I this is one of one of the episodes that I'm going to go back and watch. Like when we're done with all of this, I'm definitely going to watch this one again because it's so funny. And the turtles having a competition to see who can withstand the smell of a like of the stinkiest flower on the planet. Not even trying to f- insert themselves into foot business, and it just happens that they stumble into it is. Yeah a very, very Ninja Turtles-esque plot line. Yeah. Because that's just that's just what happens. Like, weirdness and, 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 and stuff follows them around. Yeah. What else you got for how to make enemies and bend people to your will? And at one point, I think she, the foot recruit, oh yeah, when she takes the, uh, they're trying to find the, uh, the uh, another piece of the dark armor. At the uh, at the gardens of one of the statues, and uh, the foot recruit goes all she's like Kalima and like pulls the thing from the chest. I was like, okay, that was nice. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if that was ad libbed by Zelda, uh, a little Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom reference there. Yep. Um, and uh, basically by the end of this, Draxum becomes their leader. That's true. He ta- he takes over yeah. the Foot Clan, just kind of, and he should. He's way more powerful and like more conniving than anyone in that organization. Yeah. He he's overqualified. So yeah. Yeah. Uh that's that's all I have for for that episode. So I'm going to move on. Yeah, that's about all I got. Next up is Mystic Library. <laughs> Another banger, man. This one's good. This uh really really fun. The, the turtles plumb the depths of a mysterious hidden library in search of a way to rescue Mayhem, uh, April's little dog cat creature, mystic cat creature. 
from within April's bathroom mirror. While trying to be quiet, they must also evade not having a sound heard by bat librarians, hush bats, and contend with the foot lieutenant and brute. So I did not realize how this was going to... I had forgotten this episode existed until I watched it again. But once I saw that they were eliminating the turtles one at a time, they like they had my attention. They've done this before. Like like earlier in the season when they had the one where uh, they were trying to to uh, to get through the different steps uh, of of Splinter's sickness, and each one of them got sick. Yeah. One. Of, yeah. It's it's this it's the same humor conceit here, and it worked it worked in both episodes. This episode is hilarious. Uh, what are your thoughts? This one was a lot of fun on on so many levels. Um, especially. <laughs> The look on the turtles' faces when they get captured, like Donnie's, is like one of my one of my favorites. And he's like, I think he's almost like kind of posed like Michael Jackson style, and he's got his lips kind of poking out like Mick Jagger. Um, but the most blatantly obvious one, I was like, you guys got to be quiet, or otherwise, you know, this is gonna happen. And they'll take you away. And immediately, Michelangelo is just like, Echo. <laughs> I regret nothing. I regret nothing. And it was just, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, that was, oh, that that was so great. Um, and they're, they're like, how are we going to find this book? And again, the, the scenes and everything, they look like a freaking MC Escher painting. The way that the library is just drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. beautiful i gotta again i'm gonna give the people that work on this show that design all these the settings and you know uh, everything mad props yeah yeah and if if you notice towards the end when raf is running through the 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 library and he tries to jump from one like staircase to another the gravity changes on him because of the mc escher nature yeah yeah of, of the steps which i was like oh good touch good touch it's very very nice uh, to to see, um, but they're on their way to try and you know find this book that'll help them get um, mayhem out of the the, the mirror, um, and and how does how are they gonna find it? Well, Donnie has a song. I didn't write the song down. I'm not gonna <laughs> sing it. But that was I was like, man, I need to make that a ringtone or something. Uh, and and then Raphael trying to remember. The song as as they're in in the library. Yeah. Uh, and a, another thing about Donatello that I I literally wrote down a quote because it's another quote that just made me chuckle. Uh, I'm an expert in Dewey Decimal Mathematics. I can divide by biographies. Yeah. <laughs> and the jokes are so quick, like they're so, you know, if you look away from the TV for half a second, you'll miss it. Because it's not like it's joke, pause, and then continue. It is joke, 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 joke. And some of them are so subtle that you don't even hear them the first time around when you're watching the show. Yeah. They're not trying to be funny. They are funny. Yeah, yeah. And and it's not like there's a huge setup for each joke. It's not like in Act 1 we have to do this, in Act 2 we have to do this, and then finally there's a big climactic joke at the end that if you don't find funny, the whole episode is ruined. Right. It's like 
here's a one-liner that's funnier than anything you've heard on TV all week. Yeah. And it's going to be muttered under the breath of a character, and you're going to be laughing at it so hard you're going to miss the next two lines. Yeah. And yeah, it comes, it's, it's so sharp. Right, and, it, and the comedy comes from the characters' personalities, which is what I think makes the show so strong in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. And maybe everybody gets a little bit, of, a little chance, you know, to kind of maybe ad lib some stuff, maybe. Maybe, um, maybe. Um, which would be interesting um, to find out. Um, but yeah, it just it just really works. Uh, let's see. I think I might have one more note on this. Uh, the, the foot clan being in this episode doesn't make as much sense as other episodes, but I guess they needed an an antagonist to make noise. So I guess it makes sense. Oh, so good. Uh, I said this episode is dang near perfect. It it is. And the last thing my, on my notes here is Leonardo tripped over a book named how to avoid tripping. Yeah. <laughs> the public, the actual public library, l- kind of look like uh, the library from Ghostbusters. I could see that, like the outside of it. Yeah. Um, I love that Raphael found a different, or was it? No, it was Don. He found a certain book and pulled on the book on the shelf, and it took him into the Mystic. Yep. Uh, that was really really cool. Um. And if you're wondering where they, where, where the hush bats took the turtles, it was to the kitty room. To the kitty the, area, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the kid area. Which, what, how did this episode turn turn out? Like, didn't everyone get taken to the kid area, and Michelangelo had taken over the kid area? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Next up, the purple game. When a competitive oh, man. Game, oh, man, yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> when a competitive new video game sweeps New York, Donnie will do anything to reach rank number one. Uh, Donnie is unaware that the video game was created by the Purple Dragons as a way of getting revenge on him, uh, where he secretly controls a giant robot that's attacking the city and ultimately attacking his brothers. In the 11 minutes of this episode, they they go a long way. They, there's a lot of there's there's a lot to this episode in such a small amount of time. Like, just a huge smile the whole the whole episode, <laughs> man. Like, of course you know how obsessed I am with video games. Um, of course you, you're you're a big video game guy too. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and to see Donnie just be completely obsessed. It was different because, like, you would expect that from Michelangelo, but you wouldn't expect it from Donnie. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But, like, seeing him become obsessed like a kid, you know, playing whatever's currently popular and, you know, just with the, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The microtransactions. You want this new armor upgrade? (gasps) Ooh! You know. Like, my notes here say, is the purple game Roblox? It could be. Because it, it has old, terrible graphics. It, it it exploits its players into spending currency in, in the game to where you get dumb upgrades that don't actually mean anything. 
Yeah. And the the treadmill never ends. Yeah. And and the only difference here is that the treadmill on this one does end, and it ends with Donatello controlling a mech. Is it a, would it be a mech if there's not a person in it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Controlling a mech that's destroying New York. And the, like the reveal that that's the case was really really good. Yeah. Because it wasn't immediately obvious to the viewer that that was the case until the turtles are out there fighting this giant mech thing and Donnie's in, in there <laughs> still at home trying to squash the, you know, the, the, the dots on the screen, which happened to be his brothers. Yeah. And the shapes of teddy bears. Yeah. 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 And, and again, the purple dragons being hackers. I'd love it. I love it. I, I really did dig that, man. That was just the, the, the look of the mech himself was, breathtaking like that's some of my favorite moments it was so good like this is definitely one of my top favorite episodes i'll go and watch this over and over again um like donnie was so obsessed like he had cheat codes april got on and he was like and she was like donatello or donnie and he just wipe, you know, like it goes to like a Pokemon style thing, and yep. he wipes the floor with her. And it's like I'm number one. That's how obsessed he was. And they, it, it even went that far to where they they looked up the turtles looked up self help books on how to you know fight video game obsession. Uh, yeah, that's it's such a good episode. Such a good episode. Uh, you got anything else before we move on? Um. Hopefully <laughs> by the end of the episode he didn't learn anything because the new ga- the next game comes out. <laughs> he learned nothing from all those mistakes. Oh yeah, no, no not not at all. That's uh-uh. that's not Donatello's jam. Like he doesn't learn things from his mistakes. Yeah, he learns things from science. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, that 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 about does it for that episode. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to. Man versus Sewer. This one I don't remember ever watching. Really? Like, I think maybe my, my DVR messed up or something, I and I skipped it, or I deleted it thinking I had watched it because they aired really weird. Uh, but watching this one yesterday, it was very new to me. Uh, the turtle's lazy river ride through the sewers turns savage when Raphael is accidentally separated and left alone. Apparently, Raphael does not like does not handle being alone very well. No, this leads him uh, trying to survive the sewers and having an encounter with the Sando brothers. So this Raphael being alone thing, this is new, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like they've they've covered this at all prior to this episode, which is fine. It's fine to introduce new things. I just wanted to make sure that I was on the same page. What notes you got on this? Well, let's see. Ah, we see the return of Dr. Delicate Touch. <laughs> and he's freaking out. You know, it's just, you know the, uh, the turtles are, you know, uh, are supposed to be there. And, and Mikey's like, get your mind right, son. <laughs> um, we get to see some great turtle tubing. And, uh, of course, Donatello is in his vacation shorts it was like nope not doing anything today board shorts vacation Vacation. was it board shorts i think it was board shorts board shorts um it's one of those 
Yeah, it was board shorts. Yeah, but you knew he was on vacation because he had on board shorts. Yeah. Respect um, the shorts. That's right. Um, and so they're playing a, a rousing round of sewer ball with a masked football. Um, Mr. Stitches or something? Layspace. Was the, the name of the uh, their football. Nice. Um, the crab guys, you know, of course they, all the turtles have tubes, and then Raph is out the best one. And they're like, "Where did you get that? It's off the, it's a tire off the turtle tank." Yep. Yep. And uh, they're going along having a great time, and then of course they end up getting it going down different drain uh, drains, and. Wait, uh, I, I, after the after when they steal the 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 uh the tube, he's like, "Where did you get that uh, splinter?" Uh, yeah, you know. And and then the the line that Donatello says is really funny. Is it? I think it's Donatello that says it. Splinter, who who only owns robes and a shady past. Yes. <laughs> Again, I'm gonna give it up to the writers on this show, man. Rapid fire. Just just masters of subtlety is what it is. Yes. Yeah, I love the dry humor. Um, uh, because to quote original Raphael, nothing beats cunning wit. True. Um, and, and of course, when Raphael becomes savage for being alone all of like five minutes, um, he's he's gonna eat he's gonna eat the uh, the crab guys. He's oh, got yeah. a got them tied up on a spigot put lemon juice in their eyes he's gonna eat them yep and of course he doesn't and turtles show up all covered in gook and grease and like they think they're swamp monsters and they're sewer monsters and <laughs> another quote are you barbecuing villains <laughs> <laughs> so good so good it is so good at one point, Donatello was willing to sacrifice Leonardo because he sells the least figures. Man. This is great. Ouch. Ouch. So funny, man. So funny. Like that's a, that's a quality fourth wall break right there. They do their market research. <laughs> oh, what are what are your final thoughts on Man versus Sewer? Because we do need to move on. <laughs> It was just a it was just a fun diversion, you know. Um, I I enjoyed this one. Yeah, as I said, just really good one-liners in this episode. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to twenty-one B, the Mutant Menace. Yeah. And uh, the return of Baxter Stockboy. Baxter Stockboy begins revealing the turtles' existence and turning public opinion against them to make some big money and as revenge. Uh, the Turtles' failed attempts to clear their image turn all of New York against them. Uh, the, the, the Turtles went on a basically like a do-gooder spree, trying to fix problems around town, leaving a calling card uh, that said, what was it? The, oh, the, the Mutant Menace in quotes? Yeah, winky and, face. Wink, yeah, yeah, winky emoji face. Yeah. And and that was supposed to improve their... their uh, they're standing with the public. It's they did ended up turning into a nightmare. Uh, I don't know if I liked this episode per se. Like it was fine. It had some moments, mm-hmm. but ultimately I think it's kind of forgettable. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame 
Um, because like, well, I don't know. I think I kind of disagree. Like, I rather okay. enjoyed this one. I rather enjoyed this one. Um, because not only do we get to see Baxter return, uh, as he showed up as a hooded Alberto. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is it's always nice to see those guys. Um, and also the debut of the Mousers, but he didn't call them the Mousers. He called them the Microbots. Yeah. Well, I guess they would be they would only be Mousers if they're being used to hunt mice, right? Right. Or rats or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but they, they had a lot of different functions in this episode, which I thought was really cool. Agreed. Agreed. It, it was really nice to see Mousers. Yeah, and they're they're done really well, um, too. Like one was controlling the tank, the turtle tank. Um, it's kind of just wreaking havoc on you know just the tank in general. You know, making them and that was a great chase sequence too, like through the city. Like he's trying to make them do or a record. No, he's trying to get them to city hall to expose them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the turtles are trying everything they can to just, you know, make that not happen. Um, there was a there was a, a brief moment where April was uh, l- looking like a reporter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and again, really funny quote towards the end. Michelangelo puts himself into his shell and says he's nature's bowling ball. Yes. I love it. I love that. I love that moment. That was great. Uh, but like you know, we just listed all these good things. But again, just it didn't do much for me. Like I, I didn't hate it. You know, it has g- cool things, but it's not like it doesn't stand out like the other ones for me. Right. No, I gotcha. Yeah. Um. But again, it's always nice to see Baxter. It is that. Just wish he was in more of these. You know. I don't. He's in. What? This is like the, his third. His third appearance, right? Yeah, but technically only second if you count vocal like having any yeah. lines because the second time he showed up he was just like there for a hot second and then he was gone yeah yeah so all right all right i, 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 I maybe maybe uh let's move on to the the next one which is 22a turtle dega nights the ballad oh. of rat man oh man uh <laughs> wanting to live with glory again Splinter ropes Donnie and Mikey into modifying the turtle tank and entering into a mutant demolition derby run by Big Mama. They face competition from Meat Sweats, Repo Mantis, Hypnopotamus, and Warren Stone. So a, so a rogues gallery of bad guys. It gets intense uh, when Big Mama, the Fox Bellhop, the Otter Bellhop, and the Owl Bellhop all get involved. Oh, once Big Mama realizes who is who it is, she uh, basically sicks her her you know underlings on on them. This was a cool episode. I really enjoyed the family aspect of this episode a lot. Yes. Um. Oh, go ahead. He he actually refers to Donatello by his name rather than just purple. Yeah. Uh, this is a Donnie Mikey episode. There's no the other two turtles are not in it. Yeah. Like that was that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good Splinter episode. At the end, he said that he was proud of his sons. And the episode ends with Donnie going, did you hear that? Yeah. 
He was very surprised. And then cut to black. Yeah. Like when he called him Donatello instead of purple, like that was a really, it was a, it was a touching kind of like a family moment. Like as you said, and like it had a bit of seriousness to it. Like, Hey, you only ever want to hang out with us or do whatever when it's, you know, something crazy or, you know, and so it, it was, it was really touching to where he was like, no, I really, you know, he was like, I'm sorry, you know, but, and that, that had some weight to it, which was interesting to see instead of him just being his traditional, you know, goofy, silly self. Yeah. Yeah. So you see some, you see some character moments, uh, which were, and, 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 and now that we know he's Lujitsu, like they're able to create stories that build on that that lore. Yes, yes. Um, I'm a I'm a big Demolition Derby fan. I love I love that stuff. i of course love Mad Max. So that had kind of all of those elements for me. And I like the again the set designs. Like when you when you see the um, you know the Doom Dome. And, you, you know, they're going into the um, the tunnel that leads up to it. I mean, dude, just skulls and, and just broken pieces of metal just everywhere. You know, it's just so freaking cool. You know, but it's just like, just demolition derbies are always just fun. It's like Sunday, 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 Sunday. we'll show you the seat, but you'll only need it. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. you to add echo to that too, please. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> there was a real stupid <laughs> editing thing that they did that was really funny. Like when they said, "Oh, we could win the trophy, trophy." Yeah. And get the glory, glory. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> just small touch, just real small touch. They just, oh man, they just, they, they get it. They really get it. Yeah. Um, anything anything else for Turtle Day and Nights? It was cool to see them go up against uh, um, Big Mama. I like and, Big Mama. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Just a really kind of... Who does her voice? That would be... Lena Headley? Oh, whoa! She was Cersei on Game of Thrones. Yep. She also played Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's right. And she was in 300. Yep. Like that's a that's like a big big name actress. Yeah. That's Indeed. cool. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. 22B, The Ancient Art of Ninja Hide and Seek. Another banger of an episode. Yeah. Uh finally Splinter starts decides he needs to do some training, right? So to prepare the turtles for any future threats, Splinter teaches them some stealth training. After this is done, uh, he sends them uh, on a test to infiltrate the Grand Nexus Hotel to steal Gus's dog tags. When they appear to take too long, Splinter sneaks into the Grand Nexus Hotel, steals the octopus elevators or octopus elevator operator's outfit, and plans to find the turtles before Gus, Big Mama, and the bellhops do. I think the funniest thing in this episode is, without a doubt, the it, him teaching them the ninja tactics and then them using them. Yeah. 
without a doubt the funniest thing in 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 the episode what are yeah. your thoughts oh my god like <laughs> when he disguised himself as a turtle <laughs> thinking he could trick him and then he does <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like you know the turtle it starts out with the turtles eating you know trying to eat some pizza playing rock paper scissors and it's like nope here comes splinter doing all the ninja tactics stealing all the pizza um which i rather i rather enjoyed um of course we got our lessons lesson lesson one keep to the shadows lesson two blind spots lesson three light as a feather lesson four slow motion <laughs> jujitsu <laughs> lesson five blend in to the environment uh i love this episode so much man like he took donatello's bow staff and his wallet yeah yeah <laughs> another one of those jokes that's just kind of under the radar yeah yeah where's my wallet <laughs> um and then like he's he like he's worried about him because they haven't come back yet. So it's it's taken a hot minute. So he has to he's like he has to go check on him. And the infiltration into the hotel is is really cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and he's like and so he's backseat ninjing. Mm-hmm. Ninjing. Yeah. Yeah. Te- teaching. Uh, yeah. Um. And uh, it's it's pretty freaking great. Um, and, uh, you know, of course we can see Gus again, which is great. Also awesome. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite thing about this episode is we like, again, it goes back to burying the lead. You know, the, the first time we see Splinter in this show is he's just a slob on the couch who yeah. is barely raising his children. Yeah. You know, and, and by this time in the season, he's going out of his way to try to teach them what they need to know for the story you know it need to know to take down the, the foot clan yeah and there none of this was anywhere to be seen in the beginning of the season no so seeing the turtles actually learn stuff and actually use the stuff and it work is is almost the opposite of what you would expect out of this show yes i yeah. love it yeah i did too i really enjoyed that and i was like okay we're getting some progression here that's good you know, don't just sit around and watch Lujitsu movies all day, although they are awesome. <laughs> the that uh Gus's um dog tag was a key that Splinter used to sneak into uh the the hotel to unlock a drawer that has a picture of him as Lujitsu with Big Mama. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they established that there's a history there. Uh let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. All right. Number 23A, One Man's Junk. One Man's Junk. Donnie and Mikey try to recover a piece of the dark armor from Repo Mantis' scrapyard uh, that he claimed, uh, though they will have to contend with Repo Mantis first. Meanwhile, uh, Raph and Leo get impatient and check out a bus where they accidentally release Repo Mantis' pet cat, Mrs. Nubbins. <laughs> There's nothing really wrong with this episode, but this is another one that just kind of flew under the radar for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of funny stuff in it. Uh, like the, the idea that Donatello came up with 
uh, crowdsourcing armor piece finding. Yeah. You know, but but by basically buying buying pieces from people as they bring them in, almost like a, a pawn shop, which was cool. But by the end of it, I was like, okay, let's get to the next episode. Let's let's keep this yeah. moving. You know. Yeah. Uh, we, and I'm gonna go ahead and steal this from you because I know you're gonna mention it. Ace duck sighting, bro. Ah oh, man, you got it. You got <laughs> what else you got? Again, we get to see turtles in disguise. Donatello and uh, Michelangelo as proper British gentlemen. Mikey with a giant, huge mustache. Um, just that scene in itself was was a lot of fun yeah they're dressed as the monopoly man man yes that's mr moneybags that, is that his name yeah the, Monop- the monopoly guy um you know again it's like a, it's a one-off episode you know they're trying to find the armor piece um but you know it doesn't work so well because <laughs> you find out oh i already sold it to the some, you know, some other guys that were here earlier yeah, yeah. You're too late. I enjoyed this one. It was fun. You know, just, again, seeing Turtles in Disguises is always a, a guaranteed good time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, it, this episode's per- perfectly fine, you know? Yeah, I love the fake storefront. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this isn't money. This is a briefcase full of loose tuna. <laughs> just... So stupid. <laughs> right. Uh, you got anything else for One Man's Junk? Nope, that's... That'll do it. Fantastic. Uh, let's jump to Snow Day. Snow Day. The Turtles, April, and Mayhem are spending a snow day together. Meanwhile, Ghost Bear has mutated into a mutant polar bear after coming in contact with an Uskido, uh that Mikey defrosted. In this form, he uses his intangibility because he can kind of, kind of, you know, move between things because he's a ghost or through yeah. things because he's a ghost. Uh, he uses his intangibility in a plot to ruin April and the turtles' fun uh, snow day in the snow by targeting their snowman, which was uh, a Jupiter Jim, a Jupiter Jim snowman. Here's another episode that doesn't really mean much to the overall story, but we do get to uh, ch- basically check in on what Ghost Bear is doing. Ghost Bear being the the what is it the the, the wrestling character? Yeah. yeah. The, the who the, the the turtles ruined his career uh, earlier in the season. Uh, my notes here. Uh, they, they were having such a fa- so <laughs> they were talking about Jupiter Jim and trying to decide collectively what the best jupiter gym film was yeah and this conversation permeates the entire episode and is kind of the conversation they're having during fights during uh, snowball fights during the, the the ghost bear fight like all of it is just them just trying to figure out who you know what the favorite movie is and they find out halfway through that mikey and april had not even seen the end of one of them and that's and it's like oh that's why you didn't like it because you didn't see the best part blah 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 it, like it's very much a a conversation me and you would have or a conversation me and Reed would have about X-Men movies or, uh, you know, what's the best MCU movie? It's just throwing little bitty things at each other as as evidence to try to prove our points. And it was adorable. I absolutely love that. And yes, you're absolutely right. 
<laughs> uh, what you got for Snow Day? I love Ghost Bear. Now that we've got him as a uh, a proper mutant, I kind of hate we don't have an action figure because I I like I like the Luchador wrestlers. I think that's a you know always a, a, a that's probably one of the most fun parts of wrestling for me at least. I'm not a huge wrestling guy, but I you know I enjoy it when it's there. Um, and he's a fun character. I like him. And getting to see him fight the turtles as a mutant was just really, really cool. Like he'd be a cool like video game boss. Um, yeah, yeah. To fight. Uh, my last notes on Snow, Snow Day are there's some touching family moments in this. Yeah. You know uh, what else you got? Um, when they're going over the uh, the list and rules of like snowball etiquette. At one point, you see Donatello turn his back, and he's made a snowball, and it's a skull, and he's like, ha, 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 ha. I was like, <laughs> wow. That's dark. <laughs> um, other than that, there's not really much else. You know, they're enjoying Coco, which is uh, always, a, always a plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's... <laughs> There's a scene where there's a part where the turtles, uh, uh, Leo, Raph, and Mike are knocked out because they're you know having a snowball fight, and Don's just kind of looking on with April, like, and he's taking a sip from his cocoa. He's like, uh, oh, okay, it's nice." <laughs> <laughs> Condescending Donatello might be my favorite. <laughs> it, it's a, I, I really like that they that they do condescending Donatello because. He's always just just the smart guy. Yeah. You know, in this one, he gets to be the smart guy who's also condescending, which is also usually a characteristic of someone who's super smart. Yes. And it works so incredibly well for yeah. him. But that'll do it for this episode. Yes, it will. Awesome. Let's move on to 24A, Cloak and Swaggart. We're coming down to the final. Yeah. Pieces. So April helps Sunita in New York to search for her stolen cloaking brooch after attending a dig concert. Uh, dig being the concert of the. Uh, wasn't that the wasn't that the band that was the like the Badgers? Yeah. From earlier in the season. Uh, they find that it was stolen by Meat Sweats so that he can regain his human form uh, and his hosting uh, and his hosting job on Condescending Kitchen. <laughs> from a bound and gagged guy uh, named Flam- Guy Flambe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Spl- uh, Splinter's plan to take the turtles on a wilderness survival training backfires when Raph accidentally places the tank on lockdown for 24 hours. I loved this episode. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, like, especially intermittently cutting back to the turtles in the tank and seeing Splinter has already shed his robe and he's in his tidy whities Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just them being trapped for 24 hours in the tank is hilarious. Yeah. And seeing April and Sunita having to deal with the the, the whole uh, meat sweats fiasco by themselves was great. It wasn't a situation where they could call the turtles to come bail them out. Yeah. Like so, April was confident enough to like, we, we got this. Yeah, we got this. Meat yeah. sweats is crazy, but we got this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like 
for me, there was in the middle of this episode, there was like a like a small morality question. Like Meat Sweats used to be a a, a character much like um, what's the Hell's Kitchen guy, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, you know, and he was using Sunita's brooch to get back to normal, you know, and Sunita's normal is her green flubber like self. Yeah. So like there there's a like a like a morality like question. It's like wouldn't it be that the moral thing be to let Meat Sweats have the brooch? Yeah. You know, cuz he's he's the victim in most of this. I don't know. It's I know that's way deeper than what this episode, you know, deserves. But I did think that halfway through I'm like, no, just let him have it. Yeah. No, I he's he's of... no longer a villain if you just let him have the brooch. Right. No, I was kind of thinking along those same lines. And like at one point, Sunita was like, should we just let him have it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, in, I'm in my living room in my boxers going, yeah, let him. Yeah. 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 Uh, but on the, on the flip side, the turtles being locked in the in, in the tank and all of their attempts to get out. is fantastic. Uh, there was there was like a three second shot where the turtles are freaking out. And in the background, you see Michelangelo. He's roasting marshmallows inside of the tank. Yeah. That's all he wanted to do when they went on their camping trip. I don't blame him. They're delicious. So funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It should be noted that this is yet another attempt at Splinter to train the turtles. Yeah. So had this episode aired at the beginning of the season, it wouldn't have made as much sense. Right. You know? Um, April again has a, a microphone and is acting like a reporter. She names herself April O Nimbus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my notes here say this is a fun April episode, and I really, really loved Sauce That Hog. Sauce That Hog. Sauce That Hog. Which is on the Barbecue Channel that they're watching that. Sunita is so enthralled with, but April's like, no, nah, this is boring. Yeah, yeah. And and so <laughs> I love that that's how they solved the episode, was to bring the sauce that hog people to Meat Sweats, who yeah. is a hog. It was, oh, wow. I was like, poor Meat Sweats. I, was like, I don't think they ate him. He might come back. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they eat. That's kind of a dark place to actually take this. Yeah, because he he's like, he's like, meat sweats. Did you forget that you can absorb people? <laughs> Which in itself is pretty dark. Yeah, yeah. And and like the the real icing on the cake here is at the end of the episode when the lockdown ends after twenty four hours and April and Sunita are back at the, the the lair and they press a big button in the in the garage locking the garage down for 24 hours yeah <laughs> and they're like girls night part two yeah uh the the the, the one big joke that i laughed at both like i've seen this episode a couple times now it, both times i laughed so loud was donatello saying why did i soundproof the <laughs> the, the, the the tank and they cut to outside of the tank and there's no sound whatsoever <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, let's try the horn. And they honk the horn. And then he says, why did I soundproof the the, the, the garage? Yeah. <laughs> they cut to outside and it's exactly the same. 
just really, really cleverly written there. Yeah, it was it was a fun, you know, moment for April to shine. I agree. I agree. It, it, it was a very good April episode. Yeah. Not that the turtles were, you know, not funny. Like they were hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what, is is that all you got for cloak and swaggered? That is. Uh, your last one I have was uh, Splinter Tidy Whities. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is always hilarious. Um. Okay, let's move on to twenty four B. This is the last episode that was uh, like 11 minutes long, like the, you know, because all of them are two parters. Uh, having gotten bored of Splinter's Lujitsu stories, uh, the Turtles head to a convention to meet Marcus Moncrief, who plays their favorite sci fi movie character, Jupiter Jim. When they go to, they then go to his apartment <laughs> because he invites them there. Uh, they find that he is, he started to see different fans as aliens from the Jupiter Jim movies. And he has trapped them in his home. Uh, he's become so immersed in his character that he actually thinks he's Jupiter Jim. So he's gone crazy. And he, all of these people in his house are frozen uh, using a Jupiter Jim, like, freeze technique. And the turtles have to free them because they're, you know, they're heroes. And they feel like Jupiter Jim needs to, you know, let them go. So this was a very uh, don't meet your heroes situation. Yeah, uh, because and this is actually the second time a them meeting their hero was kind of disappointing because the first time it was Lujitsu and it was their dad. So I'm sure that was pretty disappointing. Uh, what do you think of Jupiter Jim Ahoy? Man, this was such a bonkers episode where. And and, and Jupiter Jim is voiced by Phil Lamar. That's right. Um, I mean, if you, you know, there's only two people that I could think of that could voice Jupiter Jim, and it would be him or Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Phil, Phil just just fit um, so well. Um, and uh, it was it was so strange. Like, takes he he's got this giant you know spaceship type thing in his apartment it is his entire apartment like he's a rich guy so yeah yeah but it's like is he really jupiter jim no he's marcus moncrief like i didn't get that like it felt like it was the other way around like he created the like how does he have all this this equipment and stuff that actually works you know that's a good point yeah like he's got freaking laser guns and all kinds of other stuff and i was like so i i took it a different way like you know he created the marcus moncrief moniker you know and just he is jupiter jim i'm willing to believe that but it was legit creepy like hey you guys should come back check my place out i'm like uh no (laughs) yeah like that's the point of the episode where i was like uh red flag red flag red flag yeah yeah um one of my absolute favorite moments of this entire episode is like oh we can get him to sign our our 1000th issue 
of Jupiter Gem Special Edition. And, of course, Donatello has it locked away in this special safe. Mm-hmm. And he he's, he's going through the motions of uh, unlocking it, and Mikey's like, we don't have time for this! And then he <laughs> Don hits a button, basically putting Mikey in the cone of silence, <laughs> this giant just encased dome around him, because he's talking, and he's supposed to, it's supposed to be a verbal voice authentication, and it won't register for Mikey, so it has to be done. And that moment just absolutely floored me, because I just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole Donatello having to remove the thing from the case was funny. Like, all of that kind of made the episode for me. Yeah, and the whole time that moral dilemma is like, is it really? Do I need to remove the issue? It's like, it hasn't touched raw air <laughs> uh, there is a moment when he jupiter jen's going to show him like hey you guys want to check out the weapons and before he does that he's already dressed in like the space suit and then you go to that scene where donnie's like okay i'm gonna live here now and raf's you know pulling him away and jupiter jim walks up to it but he's dressed in the outfit that he was at the convention. And then you cut to the next scene and he's back in his spacesuit. I'm like, huh? Okay. Animation error in, in, you know, the year 2000. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. It still happens. Yeah. It, I, you don't see it so often. Uh, let's keep it moving. I want to get to these last two episodes. Cause this is really oh, the meat and potatoes, man. Oh my God. Uh, it, it, episode 25, insane in the mama train. Oh, <laughs> With the help of Baron Draxum and the Guardsmen, uh, the Foot Clan begins to move the nearly completed uh, Dark Armor to a ritual site. To transport it, Draxum persuades Big Mama to lend the Foot Clan her train. Uh, After training, the Turtles follow the the advice of his ancestors. Splinter trains the Turtles for this fight. Uh, Basically, Splinter... uh, is upset with their no he's disappointed in the turtles because they didn't fail to show up to a a planned like attack on on baron draxum and the foot and they feel bad and they're like you know what we're going to start taking this seriously and they they get outfits and they change their masks and 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 they're they kind of drop the jokey the the jokiness that they've had all season uh in an effort to take their training seriously for once in their lives and that's th- this entire episode. They're wearing like completely different ninja costumes. Really dope new costumes. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they go by the the the, the moniker the, the clan Hamato. Yeah, which is really cool. Or the Tomato Clan. The Tomato. <laughs> yes, Leonardo just can't get it right. It's the Tomato Clan apparently. Yeah. Uh, the this episode takes place on the train. And in the train, there's this giant wall, basically a giant wall of buttons that trans immediately transports them to a different car on the train or a different room on the train. Uh, and so the whole episode is just them fighting different foot or, or different characters in the different rooms. And April is there fighting along with them, uh, with them trying to get to the room that has the dark armor. And hijinks ensue this episode is fan freaking tastic dude i was like i couldn't stop like the whole time i was just like what 
Because again, because I, I haven't seen these. And the fact that they had new outfits, I was like, oh my God. And like when they show up for the first time, they look so serious and awesome. They got the white eyes and they ha- even have the black and white with the red, you know, tinted colors. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then you see him just going, going all in and just really, again, when you go into the yokai world with the train and you see these giant freaking towering skeletons and just the, the sets and the designs, man, just, oh, like it's just so freaking cool. And the action was so insane and intense all throughout. Yeah, yeah. The, the the choreography and the action sequences in this one is better than what we've seen the rest of the, 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 the season. Yes. Yes. Like legit. This is the, the these two episodes are probably top tier as far as action sets uh, set pieces go. Yeah. Yeah. I like and like I have a theory. I've and of course I'm probably wrong. But my theory is by this time. The show had been renewed for season, for a second season. It got renewed. It got like an early renewal, like after the first week. Yeah. So they knew they were getting a second season. But by the end of season one, or by the middle of season one, it was very obvious that it wasn't doing well, and it probably wasn't going to get renewed again. So my theory is that the creators were like, screw it. We're just going to go all in. Like, we're going to make the most bonkers, amazing episodes of television we can possibly make, which you haven't seen season two, but a lot of season two, specifically the the, the four episode finale, has this same vibe to it, where mm-hmm. everything is over the top. Everything is so polished that you can't even imagine that this is on regular cable television mm-hmm. because of how good it is. Yeah. Uh, and it, just kind of proving that regardless of what you think of this show, we're going to make it amazing. Screw you guys. We're going home. Yeah. And that, you know what? I, I would, I would say you're probably right on the money on that. Yeah. Cause, cause there, there's like a tonal difference. The animation's better. These two episodes are off the, if, if off the chain is still a thing, they're absolutely that. Yeah. I mean, look, they probably listened to fan feedback, you know, and, you know, overall, you're making a show with a huge fan base over 30 something years. Um, Yeah. And and, and looking at the ratings like these episodes had no one watching them. Nobody. Like the beginning of the season, like season episode one. There were 0.6 million viewers, but I think that was like a surprise, like preview of the first episode. The proper first scheduled episode was number two, and it had 1.19 million viewers. By the time the end of the season came around, Insane and the Mama Train had 0.06 million. Yeah. So they were making these episodes for me and you, basically. (laughs) Uh, But... They're absolutely. Th- this episode is amazing. Yes. Uh, what, let's see. What notes do I have on Insane and the Mama Train? Tomato Clan joke is great. Action action sequences are stunning. Uh, April's lack of skill in this episode is really fun because mm-hmm. she is clearly in over her head, but that doesn't scare her away at at, at any moment. Which is really cool. Yeah. And this episode is clearly building up to a grand finale. Mm-hmm. 
uh, each keeping the rooms, you know, jumping from one room to another on the uh, on the train was clever. It was fun. Uh, there was a moment where Leonardo, I think, I think it was Leonardo that was fighting the foot recruit, and she pointed out, it's like no witty retort, no jokes here. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, but pointing out, hey, this is a different, this is a different clan, this is a different turtles that we're dealing with, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Was it the recruiter? Was it April? It was one of those. T- I can't remember. It was it was a female character. I know that much. I think it was April. She was it like, been, yeah. what's, like, what's up with you guys? Yeah, and what's with the new clothes? Like, she was she yeah. was confused. But yeah. uh, what what are what are your final thoughts or or, or your further thoughts on Insane in the Mama Train? Man, this this again, this is like one of my top, 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 top favorite episodes of the season. Um, we actually find out that Splinter, aka Lujitsu, is really Hamato Yoshi, who took on the persona of Lujitsu in attempt to avoid his responsibility to become a, a martial arts action star. If that is correct. Yes. I think that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. 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 You Again, know. burying the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the, the closer we get to the end of the season, the more normal this this version of the Ninja Turtles is becoming, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah it's really crazy. Um, We get a great moment between the foot recruit and Raphael and they're like, bring it on. And they're just doing the hand motion the whole time. And they're like back and forth and back and forth. And there's just like this weird alien looking dude in a hot tub. He's got like a, some kind of weird like beverage holder. Um, and the lighting in that, that train uh, car was just amazing with like these different lanterns and stuff up on the ceiling. And I'm like, man, they just paid so much attention to detail. And again, Making the cars all completely random. You could do whatever you want. Yep. And um, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was this one or the next one. No, it was this one where Leo is fighting um, like a big foot grunt in a like a frozen meat locker car, which was just bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. And then teleporting in and out between the different turtles and stuff. That was, again, like the action set pieces on this, you know, are are breathtaking. Um, I I absolutely agree. I love this episode. It's really really fun. Love it. Uh, and 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 this episode leads directly into Endgame, which is the last one. You want to jump to that one? Yeah. Oh, I did have one more thing. They uh okay. they they rounded up the foots uh. Uh, like the 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 head guys, and and stuck them in the boring like Mystic Tax seminar room. <laughs> yeah, where the guy was giving the presentation, and like you could see like skeletons and people have died in that car while trying to listen to the board, or died of boredom, as it were. Hey, he was giving some legit financial like advice. He really was, but they he weren't. Really having was. It. They weren't having it. And also in this episode, uh, you've got um, the head, the head foot guy, who's Rob Paulson, and uh, the other one, which was Maurice Lamarche. He's calling him and he's like, "What do you want? I'm I'm trying to get swole." And he's sitting there doing reps with weights. 
I think we got a problem here, which was great. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get swole. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Wow. Let's talk about Endgame. Number 26, the right. season finale. Uh, the Turtles have been captured, and Baron Draxum sends April back to have Splinter bring her the final piece of the dark armor. Uh, <clears throat> we find out that Splinter has no idea what in his house could be the last piece of the dark armor uh, until they find a teapot that he's been using. <laughs> and it's become very obvious, hey, that's an old family heirloom, and that is the last piece of the dark armor, which happens to be the dark armor's faceplate. Yeah. Uh, Splinter comes up with a plan to rescue his sons with the help of April, Bullhop, Frankenfoot, Sheldon, and Todd Capybara, which all happen to be friends that they've made during the season. Mm-hmm. When Draxum reassembles the armor and dons it, the turtles must find a way to get the armor from him. Uh, the armor, of course, being the Shredder, which, t- surprise, yeah, we, we knew that. Yeah. Uh, and the like the big twist at the very end of the episode is that the armor in and of itself is sentient, and what it needs is basically the life force of a being to to to, to suck out that life force being Baron Draxum. The season ends with him on the floor of the stadium where all of this takes place. Draxum basically being tricked into giving his life force to 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 feed the Shredder. And the end of the season is bump bum bar the, the Shredder's alive. The Shredder is here. The Shredder is your enemy now. Yeah. Fantastic conclusion of the season. Fantastic. Uh, what do you have to say about Endgame? There's a whole lot. Well then, let's let's get let's get it moving. All right. Um, I do love that the ins, the the Hamato clan insignia is basically a large pepperoni pizza, <laughs> or a medium. Yeah. Uh, I I love that insignia. Um. Uh. You know the 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 plan to have the B team come in and and rescue the turtles didn't go well. It didn't go. Uh, it was cool. Didn't go well. Yeah. It, it, even Todd looks like Mr. T. Uh, they did was, a they did a whole uh like A team parody mid episode yeah, whole montage and uh Splinter's dressed in his Lujitsu onesie. Which is great. Um, and of course, you know, the B team immediately is captured. And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how funky is the, you know, that the last piece of armor is, is Splinter's family teapot? It's real dumb and cool. Yeah. And especially when you find out that the turtles broke it when they were kids and they put it back together and that's the chink in the armor. Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) they plugged the hole with a Jupiter Jim doll. Yeah. Or a Jupiter Jim figure. It doesn't matter. It matters. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It does. It does. It doesn't. I, like, I wondered why it tasted like, you know, plastic and poison. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through the episode, we get like a flashback 
and uh, we find out that Mayhem, April's little cat dog thing, uh, is a secret agent spy. Yeah. Um, was given the task by uh, Chancellors 1, 2, and 3, who are voiced by three very prominent uh, voice actors. And who would those be? Chancellor One was Peter Optimus Prime Cullen. Uh-huh. Chancellor Two was Frank Megatron or Fred Jones Welker. And number three was Susan R.C. Blue, um, who was R.C. on the Transformers animated series, and also the voice director for the very first Ninja Turtles animated series. Wow. Yeah. So it was a bunch of Transformers people. That's cool. Yeah. Also helps that Rob is the voice director on this episode, so he can cast whoever that shell he wants. That's true. That's true. And he has and some pulse. <laughs> it worked so well. Um, again, this episode is just all over the place. And yeah, it's just, I, I, I love it. I love I, I loved everything about these last two episodes. Everything. Like you could have put these two episodes together as a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be like I actually was thinking about this when we were when I was watching it. Um, this with like one or two of the other episodes that are story based, like the yeah. other 22 minute episodes in this season could probably be edited into a movie like a feature yeah. length movie. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. Uh, uh, what'd you think of the shredder? Dude, man, that gave me chills. Like I didn't. I thought it was going to be Draxum, you know, spoiler alert. It's too late for that. Um, but when the armor like spit him out and I was like, Oh snap. What? Like he's terrifying. Like yeah. Yeah. 2k3 shredder. Terrifying. Maybe more terrifying than that shredder. Yeah. Yeah. Like halfway through the season, I was like, Oh man, they're setting up Baron Draxum to be to be shredder cool i'm down let's do this and then the twist at the end that no the shredder is its own thing that's just that that's really impressive yeah. it's really impressive that they that they you know they they have you predicting one thing and then hit you with a you know a, a left hook i really liked that yeah at the last moment the very last moment of the season yeah we have gone terribly long jeff we have, but there's a lot. There was a lot of beef in this baby uh, yeah. to, to go over. Yeah, uh, this is going to be the last time we talk about uh, Rise for a little bit. Uh, as we, as we said at the top of the episode, we don't know when the movie's coming out, so the it's it's not nearly as important for us to burn through these episodes as quick as we have been. So expect a bit of a break, and I kind of need one. Yeah. Yeah, because because the, these episodes come at you hard and fast, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about next time? Uh, that's a very good question, Sergio. What are we talking about next time? The next thing we're talking about is a another segment of the Archie series, TMT oh. Adventures. Yeah, it'll be our fifth trek through that. So uh, tune in next time. Uh, we're gonna check those out. Uh, until next time, Jeff, where can we find you? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade. 
Uh, we specialize in retro and modern games. Uh, our the highlight of our, our arcade is our Neo Geo uh, games, uh, ranging from Fiddle Fury, King of Fighters, Metal Slug, Windjammers, and all kinds of other uh, fantastic uh, classic titles uh, for people to enjoy. Um, in in an actual retro cabinet. In an actual retro real arcade cabinet, yeah. Real arcade cabinet, not like one of those repro like oh, six hundred games in one cabinet. No, this is like the real thing, like the nope. big old cards. One hundred percent original. Uh, we've done a lot of work on it too, so she's she's running cherry. Um, and uh, we also do uh, birthday parties, tournaments, and more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at just. Uh, Facebook.com backslash the Warp Zone Arcade. Um, and we're working towards reopening hopefully very, very soon. I and where can we, yeah, me either. Where can we find you, Sergio? RealityBreach.com. Uh, the Reality Breach podcast has been on a tear the past two months. I think we've done six episodes in two months, which is more than I think we've ever done in two months before. Yeah. Uh, and we just released an episode on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it's uh, – I didn't realize this at the time, but it is our longest episode ever. Ooh. Yeah, clocking in, in at well over two hours. Uh, but we had a lot to say, and Jeff, you were on that one, and you're I probably uh, going to be on the upcoming one about Mortal Kombat. Or I'm sorry, oh. Mortal Kombat! Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, tune in there. Like we're we're on all podcast platforms, uh, and I guess I should mention follow Shellheads on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can follow Reality Breached on Twitter. Uh, a lot of our stuff ends up over there because we don't have a Twitter page for sh- for Shellheads. Uh, and if and also we don't do this a lot, but if you have questions or comments, send them straight to us. Yeah. You can send them on uh, on Instagram. Uh, we we have a couple of conversations going on over there. Uh, you can uh, send them to us on Facebook. Uh, I can't promise we'll respond quickly, but we always do respond. I was going to take a, a moment to say, uh, check out our good friends at the Tomes of Evil podcast and the Beard and the Bear podcast. Absolutely. Uh, they just dropped an episode of, of, that we were on. Yeah, and I, we, were, we were on video. Uh, I was on video. Uh, I was on video, but you I'm not going to tell you video. how. You were not on video. I'm not going to tell you how. There's a pretty special way how it was there. So, yeah, check that out. The Beard and the Bear. Uh, also, I, I do a segment on their show called Sergio Hates Everything. So check we'll check that out, too. So great. Uh, tune in next time. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher.
Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.